Is that familiar to you when you're doing your work and can't figure out why it's not plugged in? Yeah, hey, that's what we're talking about this year is getting plugged in here at your church. Now, it's true. The church is the church universal, but this is your church. This is your location to get plugged in, and that's what we want to talk about uh, this week. Um, so let me first talk about goals that we have, but before I, I do that, um, let me have you think about it this way. Last week in our, our, our video, our online service, I told you that we're not a church of 165 anymore. Churches all across the nation are down significantly, some as much as 50% down. And so it's no different here. We're church of 115. That's who we are between our services. A few more in, from our online audience. It's just a little harder to gauge uh, who's who uh, in that side of it. And so I want you to think not of this message when I talk about goals and expectations, not in the sense of you, the people I'm looking at here. You might say, well, I'm doing that. I mean, I'm here. I'm doing. I want you to think of that all of us are here, all 115 of us here, the other 25 or 30 that normally are online, and say, we're all here. We're all talking together. I'm speaking to all of us so that we would all hear this this morning and let's start with goals for 2022. One of our goals is that we would grow back to 150 people this year. Listen, you've been with us long enough to know that numbers is not a central thing around here. We don't preach numbers and push numbers and those type of things. We do push you inviting, you sharing your story, you doing your part to share Jesus Christ with others. But we want to build back here. We believe that building back actually speaks to that you're out there inviting, you're sharing your faith, and you're using the church as one of the most significant tools available to you to share Jesus. So that's a goal. A second goal would be to become biblically literate this year, that you would know God's word this year. Where along the line did we give ourselves a pass in the Christian world to being Christians for years and decades, many of us, and yet not feel like we know God's word, I'm not sure where that came in. This year, we're going to say, hey, let's not give ourselves a pass on that, right? We wouldn't do it in any other avenue of our life. Let's just know God's word. You don't have to get a doctorate in biblical studies this year. That's not what we're talking about. But understanding what God's word is, what it says, and in, in, in how it's organized, we'll talk about that more. Here's the third one, that we would know each other. Every once in a while, I get reminded that you don't all know each other. Every once in a while, I get in a conversation, maybe out here in the lobby, where I'm talking to one person here, and I'm talking to one person here, and you're both standing there, and it dawns on me in the conversation, they don't know each other. Often, not every time, but often, those two people have been in this church for a long time. And how would 115 people not know each other? Well, it's simple, you know, we come in and we maybe if you have your comfortable group that you focus on, we all have that, so I'm not bashing that, we all have that, right? If we don't challenge ourselves maybe to meet somebody else, or, and this is more often than not happens, you know you should know them, <laughs> and you don't. And so now there's kind of an embarrassment that comes like in asking them their name or, or that type of thing. Could we just in this year push past all of that junk? and say, I want to get to know the people I sit in church with every week. 
Listen, you got to do your part on this side to make it happen. It's just, that's how it goes. If you come in halfway through this first song and leave halfway through the last song, it's not going to happen. You may have me run out in the parking lot after you, all right? But, <laughs> but it's not going to work very well, right? So this year, we want to get to know each other, and you're going to see a lot of stuff that we're doing, starting with a fun activity every month throughout the year, starting February 13th is our first one, going to a park and playing touch football together. So we'll fellowship out there, running around a field, and then we'll fellowship afterward at the ER, right, together also. Here's the fourth goal for the year. This might sound strange to you. Develop a passion for church planning. I would like to plant seeds this year in our congregation's heart that we want to be a part of multiplying congregations. What would that look like this year? You might be like, well, you just said 150 people. Like, why would we go out and plant a church? I want to use this year to plant seeds because I think it starts at having a heart to see people become Christians and plug into churches and a heart for new experiences or new expressions of God's kingdom. And so we'll talk about that in different ways. How could we do that uh, this year? So those are four goals that we have. Now, I have some little side goals. Our staff does too. I'd like to see you laugh every Sunday in church. I think that's, that's just a fun goal to say, let's have you laugh every single week. Whether you're laughing at me, you know, or along with me, like, um, you know, like I intend for you to laugh or I did something stupid. I don't care. I just want to see you laugh Every Sunday, and Pastor Hans and I do have a few video ideas for this year that uh, to pump out, and so you might laugh or you might groan. We'll take either one. How do we get there? How do you get anywhere when you have a goal? Right? I'd also like to lose twenty-five pounds this year. You're not involved in that, okay? But I'd like to lose that. But you might hearing that come up to me and say, "Hey, Tom, I've got a great product for you," you know, and you might share with me because we're always asking the question. How do I get there? How do I get to my goal? I want to share five things with you. I want to call them expectations. And it's very easy to stop short as a pastor to say expectations because you're worried that somebody in the congregation go, oh, expectations on me, I'm out of here, you know? This is what I'd say. For every congregation that wants to plug in and see God at work here in the kingdom being built at their church, it takes something of us. It takes something of every single one of you. And so what we're doing is saying, hey, we want to boil it down to say, here's five things that we think if we all plug in and do, we can really see movement in God's kingdom here at Wendover Hills. Now, you might be doing all five of these, yet you still kind of got your heart hard to something God is talking to you about, right? So this is not the all in all here. But we do believe in general, these are five steps that will be impactful if everyone, 115 people here currently, would lock into and say, yeah, I'll commit to that. Those expectations, I'm going oh, to rise up to that in 2022. So I'm talking to everyone here. Online, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you here. I'm talking to people that are on our list that aren't here this morning. We're talking to us all. So let's just jump right into it. Grab your sermon notes. If you don't have one of these and you need one, um, Allie would be really bummed if I didn't make her run around the sanctuary after you this morning. Thank you. There won't one. There's one, Allie. I, th I, th I think he's just putting his hand up, Allie. I oh, okay. All right. I think he just wanted to see you run. All right. Let's jump into it. First one, make church a weekly priority. Make it a weekly priority. 
Listen, I know right away somebody just, what you just heard was, he wants us to be in church every week so he can check off a box. Listen, we know it's not about a perfect attendance, right? You get sick, you're on vacation, we get it, all right? I have the same things as well. We're talking about priority. Where does it start in your life? What are the things that are up here that you'd say, these are priorities for my family, myself and my family? It's starting with there. I think for many of us, we might say church is a priority. Church is the priority. But if we really pushed ourselves, if we really looked at it, what we might truthfully be saying is my schedule is my priority. And if nothing gets in the way of church, I'll be there. I want us to start understanding what happens when we get to be in God's house, when we get to be together, when we start to function like God's church needs to function, what that actually can do for you and what you can do for somebody else right here at Windover Hills. But I can guarantee you this, it does not happen if you're not here. And if you're rolling here once every four weeks, once every eight weeks, if you're online and you're like, hey, you're online, I'm going to just be blunt. If you're online this morning because it's just more comfortable for you to be in your PJs, you know, you won't get to experience what God has to offer when we're together. So we're talking about starting with priority this morning, being together. In fact, uh, the word for, for this is ecclesia. We've talked about this word. Jesus uses this word. In fact, what Jesus does is he kind of hijacks this word. It was already in use. It means gathering with a purpose. And what Jesus decided to do is saying, I'm going to now call my gathering, I'm going to call it ecclesia. And that's on purpose. Because it's not like Jesus is saying, hey, I want to call this everyone getting together. So I want to call it gathering with a purpose. And he uses this word ecclesia to describe what he is building. That's what we're here for. We have a purpose and a meaning. One of my purposes is I, I want to build into you and build you up. But guess what? You have the same purpose for somebody sitting next to you or somebody sitting across or even to your pastor as well, to build one another up, to encourage one another. When I genuinely feel like somebody says, it's good to see you, and I really believe them, right? That's, that's something. That impacts, that impacts me. We do that for one another. We challenge one another in this setting. The writer of Hebrews says it this way, don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some have gotten in the habit of doing, and some in our culture have gotten in the habit of doing all together. They're, they're not meeting at all. We've bought into this concept. You can be a Christian and you don't need church. Here's the problem. It is absolutely not a biblical concept. You can make no biblical uh, argument for that because Jesus marries these two things together, that his followers will gather together with one another as well. So the writer of Hebrews is basically saying, hey, don't stop doing this. This is so important. In fact, he says, instead, encourage one another. That's what gathering together does. It encourages us. And so uh, we're being challenged to do this, to make church a priority every week. Why? Church is not about identification, it me meaning it's not about you just saying, I go to church, I have a church. That's identification, right? It's about unification. It's about rallying together around the mission of the church, 
around what God wants us to do. Right now, we have a young lady in our church who had her first chemotherapy treatment this week. In fact, Amanda was supposed to be on praise team this morning. That's how, I mean, she was waking up singing, I'm going to sing this morning, right? That's, that's how much she's, she's pushing herself to be with us. And she just couldn't go. And that's how life is going to be right now. But when a church rallies around that person to encourage them, to love them, you're going to get that meal train email at nauseum, right? Because we want you to care for this young family during this time. That's what the church does for one another. It's very difficult to do that for each other, just watching or just participating on my own, my own means. So the church is about unification, rallying around a mission to encourage one another, to lift each other, to build into each other, and to do the mission of the kingdom together. That's what we're about. Without church, these are not all in all, but these are likely these things. Without church, you likely will not grow in your Christian walk. Have you met somebody who's grown and they haven't been in church? Sure. Are there periods in our church history all the way back to the early church where they couldn't gather, they couldn't meet, and yet they drew to God's word or they just owned what they did have of God's word and they grew? Absolutely. But in general, if Christians don't gather together in the church, if you don't go to church, if you don't make church a priority, you likely won't be growing in your Christian walk. It's very hard to make God the centerpiece and the afterthought in your life at the same time. It doesn't work. Second one, your kids will likely not continue with church. Listen, we know as parents, right? I have parents of adults. It's not foolproof that if you keep them plugged into church, that they will stay plugged into church the rest of their life and keep walking. But the stats tell us it's nearly impossible if you drop off as parents, if you stop leading your family to church, that your kids will continue on. At best, they might come back when they get married or when they have their first child. That's usually when we see it happen. But for those who continue on as a family and they make this a priority, and listen, I'm a pastor, right? I have two grown kids, one's in his career now. Do you think we didn't have times where we went through where it was less about them waking up on Sunday morning and saying, yes, I get to go to church, and me saying, get ready, we're going, everyone's going, you know? We have that just the same. That's what church can help continue that. Without church, your Christian networks will decrease. Those solid Christians around your life will decrease without church. George Barna and his stats t tells us it takes about eight to 10 solid Christians in your life to help you keep growing in your Christian life. Eight to 10. That means having a network. Listen, I'm not talking about the, the person you're like, um, I think that person is a Christian. I know they believe in God, right? I'm not quite sure. Like, Great, that, I mean, but put that person out of this group we're talking about, right? We're talking about people that can really build into you. Outside of church, it's hard to find that network and that group. Inside church, it's much easier to find people who can build into your life. And then finally, your friends will not come to know Jesus. Likely, the closest people around you won't come to know Jesus, or for sure, God won't 
use you. You won't be the one that gets to share Jesus with them, not being in church. Can you? Certainly, you can. This is not an all in all, but you're less likely to do it. Then when we stay in church and we keep encouraging one another and building each other up. Let me talk online for just a second um, before we move on from this. Listen, our goal with online is that we offer this if you're sick, if you're traveling, if COVID is an issue for you. We haven't set up online to be kind of a, I'll just decide on the fly whether it's convenient or not. Because we know you watching in front of a camera, TV, whatever, can't do what being together can do. And so if that's you, we're calling you to be back with us here. But if it's those others, you're sick or, or COVID's still an issue, our encouragement is plug in every Sunday morning at 1030. Don't just wait during the week. That's letting your schedule be a priority rather than gathering together during this time. One other thing we're asking you practically if you watch from home, when you get that text in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon that says, did you watch online? Would you just fill that out and let us know if you did? I realize it can be a one more annoying text, but we don't know how to care for you if we don't know who you are. It's just a number on the bottom of a YouTube an an analysis. So fill that out so that we know how to connect with you and know if you're, you're with us. All right, let's move on. Second thing is plug into a small group. Plug into a smaller group that you can really get to know people. Hebrews 5.12 says this, although you should have been teachers by now, you need someone to teach you an introduction to the basics about God's message. You've come to the place where you need milk instead of solid food. Listen, what's being said there is this, you've been here this long and you still don't really understand the basics of God's word or the basics of Christianity? And it's amazing how often, even in the church world, even when we're talking about it and singing about it, we can struggle with understanding. Often it's because we're not studying God's word on our own. We're not in there feeding ourselves. And we're also not gathering with people that we can converse about God's word. My friend Chris over here is one that I talk often about God's word. And for the most part, we line up. Um, and, but I find there's times when we have a thought or two that we come from a different starting place and we have this just good, fun conversation about God's word. But here's the thing. If we weren't looking in God's word, that conversation never comes up. Never comes up. Small group offers that, this type of, of getting into God's word. Listen, you can study God's word on your own. There's no doubt. You can study it. And some of you do a good job. The question is, will you? Will you? And, and I, listen, I pay to go to the gym for one main reason. I know I would not do it on my own. So no matter how many times you've come by my house and you've seen the workout set up on my patio, that does not get used <laughs> at all, okay? It looks really impressive, but I don't use it. So I keep paying to go because I need that, right? I need that iron sharpened iron kind of accountability. And you do as well to go and to be with a group together, to connect with someone. Our goal, one of our goals is to help you learn how to feed yourself this year, to actually getting in God's word 
to not just using all the hours of the week that you'll come back next week and for 30 minutes, the pastor will say some things and we'll go say, hey, that was really impactful, pastor. And then we'll go out and it's like the word of God is, I don't know, somewhere on our shelf, something, um, that you'd be feeding yourself all week long. In fact, small group Bible study, this is what it helps you do. It connects you with other believers. We just talked about that, how important it is to connect with other believers. And listen, I know what some of you, your temptation would be sign up for a small group and just put me with those people I already know, right? And we're saying a church is most healthy when you would go connect with more Christians, get to know them. Second thing is it, it helps engage you with God's word. We want you to engage with God's word yourself. If you're right now, you just have a healthy fear of knowing how to even get into God's word and where to go, we want to help you do that. We want to help you know how from you. Took time, took energy, took sacrifice, took whatever. It's that important. It's going to take that. Hey, the third one's this. Uh, serve at least once a month. Just plug in and serve. Listen, there are so many ways to serve in the kingdom everywhere around the world, right? But we're asking as well that you would plug in and serve right here at Wendover Hills. You would get plugged in and serve right here. Remember what Paul was saying? He was describing Jesus, and he says this, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of other people. He was saying, be like Christ, and this is how Paul saw Christ, that we would look to the interest of others. Listen, it is time in our church world, in our modern consumeristic church world, that we get off this idea that church is for you, to just come and to get whatever you can get. Church is about us serving each other, mutually submitting to each other and caring for one another. And there's sometimes you're the one doing the submitting for someone else and saying, I'll plug in there, I'll do that there, I'll serve them, I'll help them there. Even sometimes in our serving, we've become a little consumeristic at times where we say, I only want to serve in an area that I really like and I'm really skilled at. Nowhere else. Whereas sometimes in the church world, sometimes in a small church especially, there's just seasons where it's like, hey, here's a need. Let's just plug in. Let's just jump in and serve. And so uh, it, it calls us all to do something. What we're asking is that you would serve once a month somewhere in our church, just somewhere, plugging in. Hebrews, the writer, another verse from Hebrews says, God's not unjust. He'll not forget your work and the love you have shown him as what? As you've helped his people and continue to help them. God is seeing that as love for him when we serve and help others. And there's opportunities right here. In fact, when you leave today at the Welcome Center, we've set up a mini ministry fair. Tough to say, mini ministry fair. So, we want you to just go by and sign up to serve somewhere. Listen, we're working on a skeleton crew down the hall here. You know, I'm so thankful for those who have risen up to serve, but some of them are doubling up and even tripling up at different times. Um, working one service one week and then the next service, they'll, or next week they'll work a different service just so that we can cover it across the hall. And so we want to cover those classrooms fully. We've opened up more classrooms than we had before as people returning to church, and we want to cover those. And you get an opportunity to be a part of that as well. 
You'll see other things. Um, you're basically, for the last year and a half, your greeters, I mean, you're looking at them. Oh, and it's nice to say hi to you. I always want to say hi to you. But I probably forget 60% of the time to hand you a program on your way in. I'm not a very good greeter. So um, we want to add to that greeting team for, for when you're coming in the door, that you're greeted and you get what you need to walk in as well. We have ushers as well. There's opportunities in the media booth back there with, with the, the streaming and the media and the sound and things that you might need to be trained as well. We want to do that in different areas. Um, cleaning crew. We've been so blessed to have Robin across the street come on Fridays and clean the church. You don't even know what's happening, right? Um, she comes and she cleans. But we're using more buildings now. We're meeting more often. And so it's a heavy load. It's time for us to return to having some people who said, I'll come once every three months on a Saturday and I'll help do a full cleaning of the church. We'll pair you with people as well. There's opportunities and we want to ask that you would serve once a month at least in some area of the church. When you serve, you bless someone else. We know that, right? But you also, you bless yourself. There's something when your heart is right about serving. Now, if you show up on Sunday morning, you're just like, darn, I'm serving this morning. I didn't even know I wanted. You may not get blessed <laughs> that week. But if you show up and go, wow, I have the opportunity to bless these kids this week. I'm, all I'm doing is sitting at a computer for a check-in center, but I'm blessing families you know, especially what if a new family walks in and you're there, good morning, let me help you know how to check in. You may not think that's a big deal. It's a big deal for a new family. We've been a new family years ago when we had three little ones. That was a blessing. So you bless someone else. Um, you bless yourself. And you build up the church. You really, you build the church when this happens. And so we need everyone to help build the church to plug in. I'm so blessed and proud of our teens that have been serving up and down the hall. Uh, two of our teens are back there right now serving in our kids' ministry program. Uh, we had teens serving at the first hour. And so teens, this is for you too if you want to plug in and help there as well. Hey, the fourth thing is uh, our expectations. Be a disciplined and cheerful giver as well. Uh, the bottom line is it just it takes finances as well for us at the church. And here's what we've struggled with. What we struggled with is we see this manipulation sometimes on our TV evangelist screen and we feel it's off, you know, how they ask for money and push for money and we feel it's off. And then a, a small church loving the Lord, serving the Lord in a community like us, the mentality flows in and we feel like, ah, what will people think if we ask for money? So let me just be straight biblically with you. God's word asks us to sacrificially give and to cheerfully give for the kingdom. That means that when they gave to tabernacle, then to, uh, to the temple, the synagogue, for us we say church today, it was to pay for staff, to pay for ministries, and to be a blessing to the community. Those were three primary, primary areas that money went to. And that's no different than us today. Books are always open, so if you're like, where does this money go? Look at them. You can have them all, right? You can see. You'll actually, you'll look at those, and sometimes you'll go like, how did that amount of money go that far? Because that's just how we have to function around here. But we're asking that everyone would sacrificially and cheerfully give to see the work of the kingdom done here at Wendover Hills. I'll remind you of the passage in Mark chapter 12 
they're in the treasury and people are coming in and they're giving their money. And if you remember, they're big jars and they're metal coins. So they make a lot of noise when you drop your offering into there. So the more coins you drop in, the more noise, the more prestigious that sounds, you know, and the more wow factor. That's what's going on. And this lady comes in and drops just hardly anything. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than everyone who's been putting money in the treasury. Jesus is saying, sacrificially and cheerfully giving here. Did you know that as a widow, she wasn't required to give at all? So she didn't have to give. She was released from that responsibility because she was a widow. And yet she's in there giving and looks like giving most all that she had. Listen, nobody's asking you to give every dime of your paycheck to support the church. We're asking you to sacrifice and to cheerfully give so that God's work in the kingdom here at Wendover Hills can be done. 37% of people in America and churches regularly give. That's just a national average. I never look at names to dollars, so I don't know if you give or you don't give. But I do look at giving units so I know how many. And we sit in the low 40s in this. So we're right about on this national average. This is about what churches expect. Can you imagine what impact financially we could make in the kingdom if 100% gave? What if 60, 70 gave? If 115 people here at Wendover Hills, however many family units that represents, if we gave regularly sacrificially, God's kingdom. Listen, we're not going to up budgets. It's not like we're going to up salaries around here, right? We pay our salaries. We pay our ministries. Think of the money available to bless people in our community, to launch new ministries that reach people or serve people. That's what we'd want to look to do. But the only way to give regularly or to regularly give to God is to start with God. It's the only way. If you, and you're probably like me, if you start working through everything you want to pay and you're going to pay this, pay this, pay this, and at the end you see, is there any leftover? I have never got to the end of that and said, oh, there's a pot of gold and I will now, you know, use this. So uh, you, uh, you probably have never had that either. Uh, no, you get to the end and you're like, oh, I don't have any more. I don't, I don't have any for God. You know, I don't have any left. You got to start. You just have to start with God. This is one of the biggest areas of trust in the church, in your Christian life, is to start with God and say, I'm going to give this for the kingdom, and then I'm going to figure out how to pay everything down through here. It might mean one less trip to the movies or less Starbucks or whatever. I don't know. That's for you and God to figure out. But we start with God. It's the only way for it to make it happen. It never works the other way. Here's the final one. And I realize we've been talking about this over and over for months and this probably would be the one that most developed eye rolls because we've been talking about it so much. But invite someone to church, and I'm calling it every month, that every month you would invite someone to come along with you, to come along, to be with you. You know our mission. It comes from Matthew 29. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's our mission. That's for everyone to go do. That's not just the church. I mean, that is followers of Jesus Christ to go make disciples. But I love the psalm of invitation that's found in Psalm chapter 66. I'll let you read the rest on your own. 
But verse 5 says it this way, come and see what God has done. That's what we're doing when we invite someone to church with us. Come and see. Just come see what God's doing. Just come see what God's doing. You know, we have an international student at our house who we, who we love, and she's been with us for three years, and we've been praying over and over, God, give us opportunity to share Jesus with her, that she might come to know Jesus Christ while she's with us. Well, yesterday, Tree got this wonderful opportunity, or two days ago, wonderful opportunity to share with her and this door that was opened up. But you know where it finally ends in the conversation? It really, it really ends at the point where there's an invitation to say, why don't you come along with us to church and just investigate it more, what God might have to offer? That's what this invitation is. That's what you get to do for your friends, your family members. Just come. Come and see what God is doing. Come and see what he's done in my life. Come let me introduce you to people. This is probably the area we have to be most intentional about. Every once in a while, I'll ask somebody about invites, and they'll share about somebody they invited. And as the story goes on, I realize they're talking about somebody that was seven, eight years ago, or back in high school, or somewhere, because it's not become a regular habit just to invite, just a regular thing. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you, and an expectation on us is that we would regularly be inviting someone to come along, that they might get to experience Jesus. I want to give you a little how-to on how to invite. Here's one. Make a list. Like, make a list of every single person in your life that you could invite. Listen, if they are plugged into another church somewhere, do not invite them. That's not what we're talking about, right? There's no reason. They're plugged into a church. Why would we want to church shop people? That's not what this kingdom building thing is about. But listen, you have a list that's plenty long of people in your life who don't know Jesus or who say, you know, hey, I'm a Christian, but I don't have a church, right? Or who were hurt by the church, and they need a family. They need a soft landing to come back to. Those are the people. You make a list. Listen, if you make it right now, you may say, I don't know that many people. You carry that list with you every day for the next several weeks, that list is going to keep growing because you're going to keep running into somebody, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, here, oh, her, oh, yeah. And then the second thing is you just you work the list. Meaning you look at the list, you pray for the list. You ask God for opportunities to talk to people on the list. And then you actually just invite someone. You know, like, hey, hey, Jason, what do you think? You want to come over to church? I don't, you know, I don't know what you're doing. Back in the day of youth ministry, before we had social media and, and before we were sending emails out to youth groups and all that kind of stuff, you know, you know what we had? We had the notepad. And we said, I want 50 teens to go to teen camp with us. And so I put a list of 100 names, 107 names down on that notepad, just all the way down, you know, how many, many pages. And then I would look at that list every day. And I go, oh, well, I'll give her a call and see, hey, we're going to camp. We'd love to have you go with us, you know, tell the information, that kind of thing. That's kind of working the list there, just calling and inviting. It's being intentional to say, come and see what God has done. Those are our goals. That's our expectations for you. If 115 people would get on board with these five, look out what God could do here in this little church. My goal is that we would be the best little church on Joy Drive, the best one. Oh, I said laugh. That was your opportunity to laugh. You could have even made up a laugh just to make me feel good there because there's only no other churches on this street, right? 
All right. All right. How about just the best little church we can be? Let's be that. The best little church we can be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this. Father, would we receive this in our heart, not as a sales pitch, but a rallying cry around the mission and what we can do as a church here? Lord, it will take us owning it and grabbing it and saying, I'm running with that. I'm running with it. Lord, help us, each of us in each area, to either grab one and get to all five, or if we think we're doing all five, to, Lord, take us to even another level in these. And Lord, would we see new people coming to know you? Would we be blessing and serving people? We pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen.